0: Okay, everybody, welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast. And I've got a great man, y'all, this is just going to be a great show today. I've got a great guest. We've got Mr. Ken Coleman on the show. This is going to be um, just awesome. I warned y'all about this on a previous podcast. And I'm just telling you, I'm so glad to have Ken on. Ken is one of my um, radio, current radio heroes, if you will. And uh, Ken, it's just, it's nice to have you here, man. Thanks for coming well, on.
1: Thanks for having me. Glad to be with you
0: yeah um i want to um first off just if no one's really familiar with ken ken is a um what i might call a um career slash calling um guru in in a sense maybe um and he's been doing this for a long time he's got his own show called the ken coleman show and uh Ken, I was wondering if you could maybe give us just a little bit of bio about yourself and how you came into being at the Dave Ramsey um, family, if you will, and um, you know what, uh, how life's going for you. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I uh, thought I was going to go into politics and had been angling towards that since uh, high school. Went into it right out of uh, college and uh, got into it in my early twenties. Was successful in. It. I was working for the governor of Virginia at twenty three and felt like there was something that was missing. I had long wanted to be involved in public service, uh, helping people and felt like it was in politics. And so I began to have some questions early on about that, but went ahead and got out of politics, Mm -hmm. Uh, went into the private business sector to build a a business resume, if you will, that would allow me to run for office down the line. And in my early thirties, I began to really question the path into politics. And that was a very unsettling season for me because I had been aiming uh, for that since I was 16. And so the long story short is I began to really weigh it and decided that I was absolutely sure that politics wasn't the direction. But the challenge was, well, what is the direction? And that was an unsettling time for me as well and uh, wrestled with it, got uh, some great help from some, some great people in my life that coached me through it uh, in a period of self-assessment and really diving deep, and came to the conclusion that it was broadcasting. But the crazy thing about that was, is I didn't have any experience in it. I didn't have a degree in it. I felt like I could do it. felt like it was uh, in line with passion and had a lot of similarities to the public call in politics. But the reality was, is I didn't know anybody. I was in early 30s and uh, had not done it. And so I had to just start from scratch. And so uh, about a seven-year journey of doing lots of little things, as you may know, and got to a point where I uh, got to know Dave Ramsey. I'd interviewed him several times, and he asked me to join the team here, which was a you know an invitation to join a rocket ship. And so I took it. And three years later, stepped into the role that I'm in now, the dream job. Uh, where I had my own syndicated national show and Sirius XM and, and YouTube and podcasts and all the things. Uh, but that's the short version to a very, very long story, which nobody wants to hear the really, really long version. But that's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of what got me here. And it was what I experienced in that story I just told. The uh, disappointment, the confusion, the unsettled feeling. The, did I waste all this time? How do I figure out what's next? it was that journey that I walked through that now I use to uh, inform and uh, to fuel the work I do now to help many people as mm. I possibly, as many people as I possibly can to do what they were born to do.
0: What, um, you know, want me asking? do you, does, do, does Dave, has Dave ever told you like, what was the thing that uh, like he heard this and he was like, I want to meet that guy. Or did he hear something, you know, and it's sort of like, what you know kind of made him want to talk to you or get you up there. You know what I mean? I mean he hasn't told me,
1: but I know what it is. I mean because we mm. we had become acquaintances and professional friends. I had interviewed him in front of twelve thousand leaders. You know, uh, I had interviewed him for a leadership podcast that I hosted in the Atlanta area. So I'd done deep dives with him before, and he knew that you know I had the chops per se. He had come on my radio show. Yeah, uh, week three of my, uh, local talk radio show in Atlanta. So he had heard me do the ins and outs on radio. He had seen me on stage. So when they needed somebody to kind of take their hosting to the next level and take over the entrepreneur leadership podcast, I was fresh on his mind because he had seen me do that. So that's, you know, he knew I had the chops to do what he was asking
0: me to do. Okay. I'm, I live in the, uh, Metro Atlanta area now. And, um, I know like, this is such a huge place with so many people, especially for the Southeast, and and, that, and just getting into the radio biz itself must have been a challenge just from what I've heard you talk about. I've, I remember you telling a story about doing high school football games for a while and how that was just a challenge to, um, you know, get yourself aligned so that you could do that. And you had to sacrifice. And that seems to be a big theme about, you know, how you got to where you are.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, you've got to pay your dues and pay your dues. And broadcasting is is a little bit more um wild wild west than other industries you know it's very tough to get in it's very political absolutely a who you know business much Mm. more than most uh industries and um you get you get trampled on you get rejected a lot i mean it's tough there's no question about it and so you've got to start small you've got to do the little things unless you're you know coming from a different you know uh unless you're a celebrity already and then you come into broadcasting. Outside of that, yeah, you gotta hustle. You gotta pay your dues.
0: I know um just the dynamics of the way the way radio is nowadays, I just hear, I don't know, but I hear that the way radio, podcasting, internet, it's all kind of changing before us every every year, isn't it?
1: Well, absolutely, in that you've got so many people that are putting podcasts out, and then there's so many that are out there that have just gone Dormant. So it's an increasingly busy world. I mean, I, when I started the Catalyst podcast for Catalyst, which is a leadership organization in Atlanta, mm-hmm. back in, oh man, it would have been um, probably 2009, 2010 ish. I mean, nobody knew what podcasts were. It was really, really early. Um, and now everybody's got a podcast. Literally everybody's got one. It's a really crowded world. Um, But there's a very small percentage that actually have a decent size audience, you know, so yeah, it's always changing mediums are changing, you know, sure with technology, who knows, who knows what podcasting will look like five years from now.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I can actually remember the first real podcast that I got into. I'm sort of a history buff. And I got into the history of Rome podcast. And that guy just took off with that podcast. And I think he started it like back in 2008. And it's like, even back then, who knew that he would be so forward thinking and he still even does a podcast. It's crazy to think about how things have changed so much. Oh, yeah. You know, Um, let's talk about um, Oh, before I go to that, I wanted to ask you about um, Virginia. You're from Virginia. Do you miss Virginia? Do you ever go back?
1: Uh, You know, I you know, I'm not a guy who misses a lot of things. Yeah. You know, I'm a forward facing kind of dude um so no i love living in nashville so i don't miss it but i miss the people i miss you know some some old friends and family you know i get i try to get back once a year mm-hmm. um but that doesn't always happen uh, my parents were just in town from virginia i'm trying to get them to move to tennessee so i don't have to go back ah nice
0: <laughs> i did yeah have- but i love it great area Mm-hmm. I did my first trip to DC back in 2013 and I'm pretty sheltered. I first time I drove from Atlanta to DC, we went up the back country, up the mountains mm-hmm. through oh, all the way over DC. Some of the most gorgeous areas I've ever seen just riding over there and then oh, yeah. finally getting into DC and seeing all that be- the beautiful monuments and everything to to so all the uh, founders and so forth, you know, it was just incredible.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but I'm glad you're living in D- in uh, Nashville. That's, that's pretty exciting that you uh, you're adjusting well to it, <laughs> you know?
1: Oh yeah. It's a great area. Love it.
0: Um, so your new book, I've got a copy here. Ken sent me a copy from paycheck to purpose. And Ken, I have read, I'm almost done. I, I've came pretty close and, there's a couple of things that stand out to me about your book and um if you want to maybe if you could first off just kind of give us a um, overview of what it is and why you wrote it
1: yeah so the the title really encapsulates the four emotions excuse me the two emotions rather around work Mm -hmm. paycheck and purpose so paycheck is provision and purpose is contribution everybody needs to make a living wants to make a living uh but everybody also wants to make a contribution and so what we attempted to do there is just show people that it's possible to make the money you want and get the meaning that you desire out of work, uh, income and impact. It is possible. We wanted to show people how to move up. If you're trying to figure out how to move up the ladder and, and, and get that dream job, the promotion that you want, there's a way to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, there's a very clear path. And that's what the book is, the seven stages that will lead you uh, to doing work you love. And uh, beyond that, making a huge difference, the difference that you want to make.
0: I I love it because it's sort of, it reminds me kind of of Dave's show. I listened to Dave for years on end um, and then bought his books, but um, it, it sort of like brings it all together. If you will, to me, if you're, if you're an everyday listener to get a book like this and you listen to Dave every day, this is going to bring it to me a lot more in, and I love getting a book like this and just, I earmarked a few things that I just wanted to highlight. Um, that I noticed. Uh, one was this one that says, is there even such a thing as a dream job? And is there too much to hope that it can happen for you? I mean, who hasn't had that run through their mind, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, and the answer is yes, there, there is. And I think so many people go, well, it's just a dream. And we've, we've gotten to this place where um, when it comes to work, we just refuse to think that there's something out there that you can do and really, really enjoy it. Do it well, enjoy it, and create results that matter to you. And it is possible. I mean, listen, I, I readily admit this is a this is an uphill battle to get people to think differently about work. That it's just about making as much money as possible. Um, uh, all work matters. It's there. It's it's honorable, but there's so much more out there, and it's about being on purpose and doing what you were created to do. And so, you know, when, when I hear somebody ask that question, the answer is absolutely. But what if I told you that it was pretty easy to figure out? I think people would be like, tell me more. And it is. And it's mm-hmm. the first stage in the seven stages that we unpack in the book. You got to figure out what you do best. That's your talent. You got to get really clear on the work you love to do, the type of work that you look forward to, the type of work that you get lost in and the type of work that you don't ever want to stop doing. I mean, you just really, really love it. You lose Sight of time. And then finally, what are the results that you would love to create? Who are the people you're trying to help the problems you want to solve, the solutions you want to provide? Those are the type of things we're talking about with results. And so when you can figure that out, you begin to see possibilities that maybe you never saw before. And so first and foremost, you've got to be clear on what that kind of work is that would fire up your soul. And when you figure that out, then we go, okay, how do I get qualified to do that? And the book, as you know, walks you through very practical steps on how you can get qualified and create a plan to get qualified. And then how do you get connected so that you have opportunities that knock on your door? You're not always kicking the door down and saying, please look at me, look at me. And so as we walk the reader through the seven stages, all of a sudden, it's not so much a mythical journey anymore. It's real. It's doable.
0: I, um, I would imagine, and I listen to the show a lot and i've seen this a lot where people will say you know they'll give that that seems almost to me like a typical pushback in a way where they'll say but ken i want to get into radio or ken i want to be i want to be the next hollywood actor you know i'm living in you know mobile alabama and i've got you know and i've got i'm doing theater and everything and i want to go i know that new york or la is where i got to get to if i want to make it big you know how how often do you hear things like that and I guess, you know, in general, what do you sort of tell those kind of people?
1: Yeah, well, it may be possible that you at some point have to move to some city and 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 uproot. It may be. Um mm-hmm. it may be possible. We have to at least be open to that possibility. But um you don't have to move to get started. And I think that that's what scares a lot of people. First of all, let's just own the fact that we as humans are creatures of comfort. We're just creatures of comfort. So you know, what's sad is, is most of us would rather be miserable than uncomfortable. Cause it's like the devil. I know I'm miserable, but it's the devil I know. And I can gut through the misery, but mm-hmm. Ooh, make me go out and, 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 and chart a course and move forward and not be sure how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Ooh, you know, no, I'll just, I'll, I'll hang out with misery. Yeah. And that's really true. So what I would say to somebody who has this notion that I've got to move somewhere physically to go somewhere professionally, that's not always true. And I could tell you it's not true when you're starting. You know, in my previous book, The Proximity Principle, we introduced this law called the law of the zip code, which says that everything I need to get started is already around me. I've got everything around me that I need to get started. Now, we're talking about getting started. So these are these early little shuffles, small steps, but everything is there. So uh, we, we humans are great at creating excuses as to why we can't do something and getting started is where we see most of the excuses.
0: Mm-hmm. That reminds me of one of my favorite Hollywood stories is Chris Pratt. Um, mm-hmm. Just because the dude was like, I don't think many of us can do blind faith. Like he did. He just loaded up, moved to Hollywood in his van and lived out of his van. And I mean, obviously that's an exception to the rule, but um, it does kind of illustrate to me sometimes where you have to be willing to put, put it all on the table, if you will, and just see what happens.
1: Yeah. I, you know, if you know it's the right direction, it may not be the perfect path, but you know it's the direction. Mm -hmm. So by moving in that direction, again, may not be the exact path. And again, we use this mountain climbing metaphor uh, all the time, every day uh, on the Ken Coleman show and certainly in this book. So when these really skilled climbers climb these big mountains like an Everest, okay, um, they have a pretty good idea what the path is going to need to be. But Things change, right? Um, there are times where they can't make it, so they gotta go another way because of weather um, or some unforeseen you know circumstance. sometimes they gotta hunker down, they gotta wait. same thing with us when we move in the right direction I, it, you know it's rare that it's a straight line and that it's really easy. but you still know you're headed in the right direction so you'll figure it out and I think that's the key.
0: Oh, absolutely I think I think that's true and to use I think. A, um, maybe a real world, you know, um, scenario might be for someone, say you're a truck driver and you're like, you know, I have always wanted to be a graphic designer, but I have zero experience. And to me, you, uh, you give great steps in this. And it's not just a, you know, fluff up the book, so to speak, but just how you got to go. And three of the principles that I, I saw that you wrote were get clear, get qualified and get connected. And the getting qualified, so for instance, we'll use the graphic design guy. He's got to get qualified. So to me, that guy, he has to say, okay, I've decided that truck driving is no longer for me. Then he has to take those next steps to how am I going to become a graphic designer? Yes, I used to play around on Photoshop in high school, but now I'm a 25-year-old and I want to become, you know, that next uh, great graphic designer in Atlanta or
1: wherever. Yeah, so here's what he's going to do. He's going to see what online certifications or courses that he could take Mm -hmm. or a community class online or a a traditional college course online, whatever. He's going to take those courses. So he's going to get the education piece. And and it doesn't have to be a full degree, by the way. Okay. But he's just going to go get some training and some online certification or whatever. Okay. Credits. I've studied this many classes in online, excuse me, in, in graphic design. Then he's going to get a laptop. And when he's instead of sleeping all night, he may take an hour or two in the truck cab and he's going to volunteer for a local nonprofit or a local ministry or something small, or he's going to do something for a fundraiser for somebody's kid or something. And he's going to start designing stuff for free or for mm-hmm. very small amounts of money. Why? To create a portfolio so that he's got the education and the experience to be qualified. But that truck driver can make the transition from the cab to the cub to the uh, cubby or whatever you call it. To, uh, cubicle, cubicle. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm brain dead at this point in the day, but I mean, it's possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really is possible. Right. But it's going to take some discipline and it's going to take some patience, but you can build up a portfolio as a graphic designer while you're out being a road warrior.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know that um, for some people as well, they'll have to, um, like you said, make that sacrifice. And there's going to be a transition point where, um, truck driving may not be feasible anymore and they're just going to have to go get, like say for instance, they don't quite have those qualifications to be the next graphic designer. They might have to quit that truck driving job and wait, not wait on tables or go work for a landscaping crew or something.
1: That's exactly right. So, you know, if I got to switch day jobs in order to have position mm-hmm. to be able to step into my dream job, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. But again, you know, listen, it, it sounds really simple, but it requires a willingness to change. Right, And a lot of people don't like change, but Hey, if I've got a transition from truck to, you know, a warehouse, so I'm not traveling all the time. So I have a more nine to five uh, type schedule that will allow me to do what I need to do. That's what I'm doing. I'm not even thinking twice about it because I look at it as a necessary rung on the ladder. It's not going sideways. It's not going backwards. It's all forward movement.
0: Mm -hmm. So do you have any favorite, um, success stories from the on-air people that you've talked to that uh, like maybe one or two that you can just think of offhand that you're like how this person called me and next thing I knew they're calling me back up maybe you know six months later or something they're right there on that path
1: I mean I can think of so many you know yeah. I I, I could think of one gentleman who uh, wanted to transition from an operations role uh, in a very large company, multinational company, mm-hmm. called me. Uh, he wanted to move into culture stuff and, and helping develop culture within the company, kind of a uh, an HR position, but really focused on training leaders within the organization and really pouring into um, their growth and then ultimately the culture of the company. And I gave him advice on, on how he would start doing it. And he made some connections. And about a year and a half later, he called in and, and he stepped into the dream job. You know, I think of uh, wow. uh, I, I mean, I get I get social media messages every day. I mean, so many people that have said, you know what? Um, I listened to you. I did what you told me to do, and uh, as a result, you know, I'm I'm in my dream job, and I've never been happier. I mean, there's so many examples, but you know, yeah. the reality is is that um, those those people are very kind and they're appreciative for my coaching role, but the fact of the matter is, I didn't do anything every one of those women and men made sacrifices um they disciplined themselves they sacrificed as i said they they uh were patient um they put themselves out there they handled the naysayers they did it
0: Mm -hmm. one of the things that, that my personal opinion about your two books that you have that is different in a lot of ways from i mean there are there are books like this but um, if a person goes into reading these books, I just got to say, don't go into it reading it casually. Like you're just going to go to Starbucks and you're going to read this thing in like three days. To me, these are like what I would call homework books. These are books that you sit down, you marinate on it and, and can ask you like 10 questions, five, whatever. And you're going to sit there and you're going to have to think through, like you said, in your, you know, grab that piece of paper and pencil, the old fashioned way. Maybe, maybe the younger people haven't done that before, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you're going to sit down in Starbucks or whatever, and you're going to think through. Okay, I took Ken's assessment or something, or some other assessment, and you're going to have to think through what am I good at? Or maybe you go, you're so far and you got to go through, I got to start writing down the people I know and where are these connections. But that's not what we want to do nowadays, is it?
1: No, I mean, everybody wants the quick fix. Uh, Just give me the dream. I would like it supersized, please, with uh, a side of pickles. You know, I mean, that's just the world we live in. Everything is. microwavable we want everything to come to us quickly we want to put out a social media post and get 100 likes immediately Mm -hmm. you know and and uh anything worth doing certainly we're talking about living and working on purpose that that is there's some there's some serious reflection there's some serious dedication to the process and it doesn't happen overnight but it is always worthwhile
0: well, okay, Ken, I think that um, one of the biggest attributes you have with your um, show is that you are a um, product of your own um, philosophy in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, that's great. And, you know, even it even makes me think to myself, my own ambitions and, and what I want to do and um, how to get there, you know, and I'm, I'm one of those people, admittedly, that I'm just still. I'm, I'm searching between things that I like to do and, and what I want to do. And, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for uh, the book and you know, what you, what you're doing on the show. I mean, I, I think that's really been helpful to me and others.
1: Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Um, um, before I let you go though, I just want to, if you don't mind, I have a few questions for you and you feel yeah. free to say pass if you want to, but, uh, go for it. What, um, well, let me start with this one. Um, you're a man of faith. Um, you admit on your show, um, how does, how does um, having um, your Christian faith play a role in your show and in how you live your life?
1: Yeah, well, I, at the end of the day, I'm, uh, what it mostly means is that I'm not I'm not performing for a greater audience. I'm performing for an audience of one. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Then the theology um, that I believe that I bring to the table, obviously, is completely rooted in Scripture about work being something that we were created to do. And uh, so it informs, even though I don't you know, preach it to anybody and I'm not out there trying to convert people, uh, my faith is, is the bedrock foundation of, of everything I do, not just on the show. Anything I write, anything I speak about, it's, it's, um, it's the foundation.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is actually it, it kind of goes back um, to another question about it, it, dealing with your book. I would imagine you would handle two different colors, two different ways. Um, what do you try to tell people as far as fighting cynicism in their life and fighting the, um, the devil on the shoulder, if you will, when it comes to um, you have a someone that's under 20 or is maybe let's say someone that's over 40 that are trying to figure a career out? What would you tell the guy under 20 versus telling the guy that's over 40?
1: Yeah, I would tell them both. It's just, uh, you know, you don't get to opt out just because you're not clear. Uh, the under mm-hmm. 20 feel like they're never going to figure it out or they're too young to figure it out. The over 40 feels like time has passed them by. And I would say that w- that uh, you may believe that, but 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 you also must confront the reality that you are a human being, which means you have talent, which means you have passion, which means you have mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have things you do well. Uh, you There are things you really enjoy doing and there are results that matter to you you don't get to take a pass on that. Now you can choose to not do anything about it, but you don't get to say, well, that's not true of me. That's, it is true of you. So I would say that there is a contribution for you to make. Has it changed because of your age or is it different because of your age? You can make that case. Sure. But there's still purpose for you Mm -hmm. and there's still purpose to be given from you. And uh, so that's what I would say. You don't get to opt out just because of life circumstances. It's changed the way you might do it. Yeah, but you can still do it.
0: That's that's good, man. Okay, well, let me I want to ask you this question. Just this this is my own personal, you know, thing that I'm into. What do you, uh, are you into cars? What kind of car do you like? I do love cars. I need to
1: tell people when I say this, I feel like I'm a, a poser if I don't tell people that I'm not a gearhead. I ah. The only thing I know how to do is check the oil and put air in the tires and put gas in the car. But I do love cars. I love classic cars specifically. I'm not I'm not the big new car guy. Right. It's not my jam. Uh, I love classic cars. I watch Mecham Auto Auctions all the time. Nice. I just lay in my house on the couch and my family walks by and they just shake their head like dad's just watching cars be auctioned off Uh, but i love old cars um because i love vintage i love vintage older stuff that uh, it's been around a long time there's just something about that i think maybe i'm an old soul i don't know but i've got a 1972 convertible carmen guia which is she's just absolutely stunning she's beautiful and uh, i just bought a 94 Toyota Land Cruiser. I haven't even told Rachel yet. She's sitting in here. Uh, and I just, I got a great deal on it. And it's, it's those old Land Cruisers, you know, the ones in the 70s, 80s, 90s. I got a 94. Yeah. going to fix it all up. It's just like driving a freaking monster. Dang. And I love it.
0: I grew but up. In I just a, love old cars. I grew up that way. I'm just similar age to you. And I grew up in an auto body shop. My dad had restored cars for a living for 30 years. Oh, and, wow. And um, he owns a couple of 55 Chevrolets. And oh, love uh, a
1: 55 Chevy,
0: yeah. Uh, with the he, tail fins, baby. Uh huh. And, yeah. um, like when I was a kid, he grew up and went to the old 50, they had this car club called a 55 57 Car Club. Is mm-hmm. that you go to the show and that's all there were. And, uh, he loves the old Ford pickups. My personal favorite has to be the 67 68 Camaros. I just that's my beauty right there. I love those. Uh, if I'm going to pick a true dream car, it'd be a 1960
1: convertible Aston Martin. Ah. It, it's just the sweetest little machine you've ever seen on the earth. But I got to tell you, man, I love, I am loving like the, like a 52, 53 Studebaker truck or one of those old, like, I love those old trucks from the fifties. Yeah. Uh, Those things are gorgeous too. Uh, And I love at some point, if I sell enough books, I'm going to get myself a uh, restored Ford Bronco from the seventies. That's eventually Ah. what we're, that's what we're going for.
0: Yeah. Those are nice. Oh man. Man. Well, Ken, I won't take any more of your time. But I do appreciate, well, I appreciate you coming you. on, man. This thanks is for awesome. having me. Yeah, and I do appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And Ken, thanks again. And you know, I'd, I'd, I'd say wish you the best, but I can watch you and find out every day on a show. Um, do you want yeah. to tell everybody where they can find your show and what time?
1: Yeah, KenColma.com is the website where they can buy the book, too, From Paycheck to Purpose. You can get it there. We've got some incredible bundles for you that include the Get Clear Career Assessment if you're looking for something that just jolts you and gives you some clarity forward. Um, and you can follow the show, uh, and find out where to listen to it at Ken and check me out on Instagram as well. So thanks for having me.
0: All right, Ken, thanks a lot. Thanks everybody for joining us. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.